0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Sandbox. This is episode number five, pod number five. This is Jacob Souza, and it'll only be me today. It'll be a solo pod. Connor's up at college at the moment. Um, and this is going to be more of a Jacob Souza background podcast, just kind of go through my history and, you know, some of the things that have shaped me to be the person I am today. Um those three things, the big biggest ones, are my family history, uh, struggles that I have gone through that have shaped me, and some spiritual experiences that have made me, you know, change for the better. Starting off, we're gonna start off with my family history, my Vuvu, My grandfather on my father's side um, worked for the Saudi Arabian government. Uh, he served as a marine, and afterwards, he became in a. He worked at a uh, a power plant. And was really wondering why people would get promotions over him when he had worked in the power plant longer, you know, worked harder than them. And found out that all those people were Freemasons. They were members of the Freemason Secret Society, which is essentially a, uh, like I said, a secret society that the the requirements to join are that you are 18 years old and that you believe in a higher power. Um Every single president of the United States has been a Mason, and they are kind of like the people behind the scenes who don't really run stuff, but it's like a place where it's a group of individuals that all have a certain goal kind of thing. My meme uh lived with native americans for 13 years she was a shamanic healer with them a shamanic healer is a spiritual healer would be another name for it they basically heal people through um the spiritual side of things as opposed to the physical side of things like she wasn't giving anybody pills to make them less hyper like come on um Number three, my dad is just, he's just my dad. And a lot of people know my dad in Methuen at least, um, he coached all my sports, you know, helped a lot, made me not be sorry for saying the things I do and who I am and taught me how to be secure in the person I am and, you know, not let anybody change that. And my aunt worked for the DOD, the department of defense for the Pentagon, um, so my whole and also to be fair my dad uh was the the vice president of SSC Technologies it's like a technology company then was the vice president of Ridgeline so my whole family has um worked really hard to get into positions that they want to be in in this world and I got to hear about those stories and you know learn about the effort that it takes to get there so that just kind of as a background cushion for me growing up was different than a lot of people, I think. And it made me learn about different things. So a lot of kids were playing sports, you know, when they were younger, like, like first grade kindergarten through fourth grade kind of thing. Me and my dad were, you know, in the garden, planting plants, creating life and um, doing Taekwondo up until the age of nine or ten, fourth grade whatever whatever fourth grade is and so that kind of as a base skill set that kind of gave me a base skill set that was a little bit different than other people had and of course Camp Otter was a big part of that too I was I was just in nature a lot as a kid so nature was a huge influence on me and nature was taught to me by you know my grandparents and parents you know i was always told to go outside like just just get outside that was always what i was told so i was always outside you know building forts using a stick as a sword and helping you know spiders that were in my house get outside you know i i hate killing bugs and stuff like that so that just as a beginning bringing up that's how was kind of how i was brought up just a little bit different than everybody else um And that kind of brings me into some of the struggles that have shaped me. So including my upbringing and my um, experiences as a child, uh, in those middle ages, a lot of stuff had happened to me. I had, you know, I gained some weight between, you know, second grade and fifth grade, and I was a chubby kid. Um, My my family kind of grows like that. We, you know, are usually pretty pudgy when we're younger. And once we hit puberty, the Sousas usually sprout up and get a little bit skinnier. So struggling with that uh, for a long time until towards the end of sophomore year was when I started getting skinnier. Um, Being overweight is a huge, huge confidence killer. And um, I know a lot of people out there can relate to me on this. Um, When you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, like, just the physical side of you, Um, and, like, that feeling of helplessness, like, you can't really do anything about it. I mean, I had tried, like, eating healthy, and I had tried, you know, working out and going on jogs and stuff like that. It just didn't work. Like, none of that stuff worked. I tried diets. None of that stuff worked. So that's really hard, not being able to get that weight off of you. And then, of course, there's the social side of... Being overweight, which is people calling you fat, you know, never people like you're just kind of known as the fat kid. So, my idea was hey, if I'm going to be fat, I might as well be funny too. So, I was known as the fat, funny kid for a long time, I think. And I was okay with that because people would just see me as the fat, funny kid instead of the fat, sad kid. Because at that point, my parents had divorced, which is another part of this my parents had divorce in summer of fifth grade that was really really ugly they were in court for a lot of years um you know it got to the point where i got taken out of my spanish class freshman year and brought into court from school by my own mother i had to fight against my mother in court to not go to juvie And the reasoning for why I was in court was because I had a therapist that would tell me, like, if you and your mom ever got in an argument, you should just go for a walk. So that's what I'd do. I'd go for a walk. When I would come back, there would be a police car there. Um, Also, so basically, me and my mother had a... A disconnect because we're very similar I'm very stubborn and she's very stubborn and I never really understood she thought that my dad was a very terrible person because he smokes weed and he used to have an addiction to um drugs like all all kinds of drugs he used to be addicted to drugs his best friend Jeff was in the hell's angels and my uncle Jeff we call him uncle Jeff he actually OD'd sitting on the toilet um from perks and a bunch of other stuff from fentanyl in them. And that kind of woke my dad up when I was younger and kind of helped him get off of that. So he no longer struggles with that addiction, but having him be so open about it has helped me, um, know that I probably just kind of want to not like, that's my last, the last thing I want to do is get addicted to drugs, seeing that. Um, and because of his old addiction to drugs, my mom had, um, kind of dragged his name through the mud around Methuen. He was, you know, member of the Methuen board and a uh, basketball at least. And, you know, we won a championship for the travel team and the next year, you know, a new person got picked. It doesn't really make sense. We went like seven and seven. Didn't did not win a championship. And part of that was because my mom had, you know, sent in some emails about him being too hard on the kids and this and that. But a lot of the kids that I know respect my dad extremely so seeing my mom purposely try to take my dad down in the public eye a little bit and having you know other kids parents come up to me and like say hey like did your dad do this 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 and like he and like going I'm playing lacrosse I would score a goal or whatever and then I go look in the stands and I would see my mom like gossiping with the other Methuen moms instead of like cheering for me so that kind of stuff was like kind of the stuff that I struggled with. It was uh, trusting really just my mother. My mother, I don't want to say tried to ruin my life, but she tried to do what she thought was good for me, and it wasn't. And so I had a huge disconnect with my mother, a huge um, problem with my mom for many years. A lot of kids that knew me, you know, in the eighth to freshman year range definitely had heard my stories about me and my mother and all that for anybody wondering, I did not end up going to juvie or um, military school or anything like that. I had the court ended up seeing that, you know, I wasn't what she was saying I was and that was all good. So that was something that kind of shaped me and, you know, not being able to trust my mother was tough. Um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't gonna it's not like I could change her. So. I had a kind of moment of realization one day and I kind of realized, you know, I'm just going to be me. I don't need to put on, you know, my mask that I would put on at school to hide the, my my sadness on the inside. I didn't have to do that because why? that's not me. So I decided I'm just going to be me. People don't like that. That's cool. You know, I apologized to my mom, let everything go a little bit, and I learned to love my as people say, I learned to love my curves, and so I loved you know my my overweight body and um once I turned that hatred for my body into love, I was able to look to the inside a little bit more and I got to you know kind of realize that I was a fucking asshole like I was a bad person, I you know made up lies about people i you know, made fun of people, talked about people behind their backs all to, you know, fit in or be cool or try to do that kind of stuff. Um, and so realizing that I had to let everything go was really hard for me because I'm a stubborn person. I'm an Aries. I'm April 18th was my, is my birthday. So I'm very, I'm a fire sign. I'm very stubborn. People who know me, I'm very fiery, very intense. That's just me. Um, and that's kind of how all us Suzos are, to be fair. My dad is like 12 times me, if anybody knows him. Um, and so getting into the being obnoxious kind of part of it, I was because I was and I said this a little bit before, but because I was fat and unhappy, I decided to be obnoxious and be a class clown. My thought was, you know, all I wanted was for somebody to make me laugh, because when I laugh, I forget about. Like, you know, for five seconds, I could forget about what was going on around, you know, my family or whatever was going on in my social group, that kind of thing. So I tried to make everybody else laugh. That was like, I kind of, every day I would go to school and think, you know, how can I make the whole class laugh today and forget about what they have going on? So that's what I would do. I would be obnoxious. I would, I didn't really know the line between funny and disrespectful. And I was kind of just a little shit, just being a like a little douchebag to everybody and I just I felt really bad um not at the time though because it was I was happy people not liking me I was happy with that rather than people seeing who I really was so that's that was a that changing that and becoming more me and letting that go and learning to love all my you know imperfections and insecurities and all that stuff led to me losing that weight so I didn't do anything to lose the weight like I didn't run I didn't eat healthy I didn't like go to the gym, I didn't really didn't do any of that. I kind of just I lowered my food intake slightly, and you know, I just was happy. I think happiness was the real reason that I got skinny and puberty, but I really didn't do much to get skinny. it was it all kind of happened once I finally accepted myself. So for anybody out there struggling with your weight, I don't know if this will work for you, but for me. The biggest thing was learning to accept that even on the inside, I guarantee that your inside is more beautiful than half, not 99% of all the other, you know, fit people in this world. I think a lot of people who are over-obsessed with their looks have an underdeveloped emotional and spiritual side. And I just think that's a part of balance. You know, you can't have too much of one thing and the other. You're going to be lacking in something. So learning to kind of balance my emotions and my thoughts of myself was a a big moment for me. And getting skinny was huge, you know, people who wouldn't talk to me before would talk to me, you know, having that confidence to be myself and not have to be a goofball and be an asshole the whole time was a huge moment for me in my life. And that, um, that kind of change in vibration, um, my frequency rose, I think, extremely as soon as I Accepted myself, and you know, that I I could feel myself being in a better place, and I didn't need to lie to people anymore, and I didn't need to lie about people anymore to make myself look cooler. So, that was a big moment that shaped me. Um, and another piece of that was regretting the decisions that I've made in the past. I know there are so many people out there, I don't know if you're listening or not, but that I have done wrong, and you know, that I have made up lies about, you know, some of my childhood friends I had, I would make I made a lie about I um, made f fo- like I said, made fun of people behind their back, I was just not a not the person that I would like to be looking back on it. And for the past, probably year and a half, two years, that was something that really was holding me back. And that I was struggling with, you know, I just wanted to apologize to everybody that I had done wrong, I had done so many people wrong, I was an asshole. Um, so Seeing that piece of myself being not a good person was really tough for me um because that wasn't really how I was brought up like that was it just wasn't me, and that really hurt me for a long time, and it took me you know coming to the realization that hey it's in the past like if if I could go back, I would and change it, but at the same time, I don't really know if I would because then i wouldn't have gone to the place I am today, and realized that that stuff wasn't okay, it's a tough road, and I apologize to anybody that I had ever done wrong, Uh, any beef that I have with, that anybody thinks they have with me, or that I have with them, I really don't have any beef, like, no beefs at all, I have no problems with anybody, Um, hopefully all you guys can you know accept my apology and some of the things that I had done to you guys. So, I apologize for everything. If you guys need to come over here and beat my ass, feel free, you know. I I deserve it. I deserved it whatever you need to do. Um moving on, so those are kind of the things that have shaped me and so basically my background, my family, you know, my weight um and my actions kind of have shaped me into the person I am today. Um, I also didn't really, it's kind of been screaming at me my whole life that I'm not supposed to go down the path that everybody else goes down, which is, you know, go to college, get a job, work five to eight, like that definitely obviously wasn't for me based on my background and my history and, you know, being in nature. And one of my things was learning my passion, figuring out what my passion was. And it had been right in front of me the whole time. Um, I used to draw a lot as a kid, but the only thing I could ever draw was aliens. Like I don't know why, I just could only really draw aliens good and I was obsessed with aliens and ancient Egypt and I just felt this connection. I remember in 7th grade learning about it, you know, with you know some of the boys, I think in my 7th grade science class, it was me, Vito, Steven, Julian Lopez, a couple other kids. Um and oh my god, missile! and um, we would, the the teacher would tell us about it, and she would, some of the things she said, like some of the Egyptians would have, you know, lifespans that were like 100 years, but back then, the average lifespan was 40, so I, I was always very intrigued, and the pyramids always fascinated me, always fascinated me, I don't know what it was about the pyramids, but I always felt some type of connection to the pyramids, and to that era of time, and um, that kind of leads me into my next segment, which is my own spiritual experiences. And so I can start off kind of tying it into that. Um, I had a dream. It was about probably about six to eight months ago. And I, I have very weird dreams. So just so everybody knows, um, I have extremely vivid, long crazy dreams, I have lucid dreams, and I, at one, when I was younger, I learned how to lucid dream a little bit, I lost it, because I had kind of lost that spiritual connection, and recently I have gotten it back, and over the past year or so, I've been lucid dreaming, and astral projecting, and all that kind of stuff, but before all this, um, it took kind of some waking up to do, and some trial and error and some really scary experiences to get to this point where I feel, you know, very balanced and very comfortable and talking about these things and, you know, secure in my own, um, person, I guess you could say, um, it started off everything. And I'll talk about the dream later. I just remembered, I'm going to start it off kind of in chronological order from the things that happened to me. The first really, you know, big thing that happened to me was, um, my meme, I went to her house and she taught me about chakras and she told, she finally told me about how she lived with the Native Americans and some of the things they did and how they healed through harmonics and sound and love. And everybody would, you know, get together and say a prayer for that person. And that's kind of how, and not how we pray today, like get on your hands and knees and put your hands to your forehead. Not like that. It was more different. It was more, you sit down, You go inside yourself, you quiet your mind, and you send them positive energy. Um, So going to her house and hearing about all these things and not believing them at first, and I I remember I literally called her crazy straight to her face and, you know, some of that kind of stuff, and she was very okay with it and very, you know, she laughed about it because people who are okay with it are okay with it. Like, I'm all right being called crazy. Like, that's totally fine. Telling the truth in a world full of crazy people will always be crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm fine. Um, so she showed me... She had this little necklace and it had this little wood thing on the end of it. It's like a little wooden tip. And she would hold it over all of my chakra points. And the string and the wood would start spinning in a circle. But not in like... Like not um, rotating. It would be like orbiting. It was like orbiting around my... You know my chakra points. And on the parts that were closed, if I remember the part that was closed for me was um, my throat chakra, because I was lying a lot at that point, and my heart chakra, because I didn't love myself. Um, And so seeing them be consistently bigger on the ones that were open, and then like, not really, you know, orbit at all, when they got to my those spots i thought wow there might actually be something here but i thought that she was spinning the string i could not for the life of me i would not believe her so i held it myself and i did it to her and of course all of her chakras were wide open and not overexerted any of them because she's like fucking perfect being and um and i was not spinning that string and it was it was going so that was a, a mind blower for me um and then she taught me about astral projection and how to, an astral projection for those who don't know is the act of your soul slash consciousness slash light body slash, you know, higher self, whatever you'd want to call it, leaving the shackles of your physical body and when you're doing that, you are in a different dimension. Technically, you can still see everything that you can see now, but the plane, the plane of existence that you're on, is a different plane of existence. It's a non-physical plane of existence. It's, it's called the fourth dimension, otherwise known as the astral plane, otherwise known as the ethereal realm, that kind of stuff. Um, and the first time that I ever astral projected was after watching a documentary by Dr. Stephen Greer on, uh, it's on Amazon prime video. It's also on the ch- the channel Gaia. If anybody has, um, a subscription to Gaia and essentially it was a documentary about, um, a couple of things. Number one, how the government had been hiding proof of aliens and had been writing up a propaganda document to make us scared of aliens since the 1920s and that how they had known about UFOs long before, um, they had ever, said anything about them. They just said something about them last year was the first, or maybe 20, yeah, 2021 was the first disclosure of um, that we actually have UFOs. Uh, People had said it before, but it wasn't official. Um, So this was, this dude had real government documents, like pictures of them. Um, And then the second part of it was this dude, Stephen Greer, he does this thing called, he created this thing called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, which is, they're kind of protocols for this is going to sound weird, but calling aliens to you, calling extraterrestrial beings to you, and everybody can do it. Um, And so it's through meditation, you get multiple people, you go out to a, you know, remote location. And essentially, what you try to do is meditate, send out your consciousness, say, Hey, like, I'm here, you know, I, I would like to speak with something, someone. And when you get kind of picked up, it's almost like a phone call, when you get picked up, you have to you know you tell them stuff about yourself and this is all through your mind you're not speaking it out loud this is and for those who don't know already the language of the future is telepathy so you know i have i think elon musk is making that Neuralink thing telepathy will be how we speak in the future and every human can use telepathy um you kind of use it on a very small scale like if you you know you talk to your dog and you say um you know like you want to go out and you know, their tail gets all waggy or whatever. Part of it is they know the words and they've learned the words, but the other part of it is you're actually sending them that in your brain and, and you can, you know, you're kind of getting it back. That's just, and that's not actual telepathy. It's on a very small scale, but there is some telepathy that goes into that. Um, And so after watching it and I'm just talking about it now, I'm getting goosebumps and like shaking because this was really scary at first, but Um, I decided to try to meditate and I had had a base in meditation, uh, doing Taekwondo. They had us meditate every day. You weren't allowed to go onto the mats until you had a clear mind and you weren't allowed to spar with other people if you had a clouded mind. So, um, I had a little base in meditation and a little basic training, I guess you would say. And I had been meditating for a while. Um, but I had never really meditated that long before. So I meditated, for, and I don't know the amount of time, but it was for a long time. And, um, eventually it started off as blackness. You know, you see darkness, your eyes are closed. Then you'll start to see like some flashing lights. It looks a little bit like if you, uh, if there's like a bright light shining at you and you close your eyes, but you can still kind of see it a little bit. And like, you see like those flashing colors, that's kind of what it was. And then it became and I could see, but I knew I hadn't open my eyes because I was meditating and I could see myself sitting on my bed, um, which I don't recommend by the way, meditating on your bed. It's, it's, doesn't really, you want to be like on the floor so you can have a connection to the ground and the earth kind of thing. Um, so I saw myself and I looked around and it was weird seeing myself from a third person point of view. That was really, really, really weird. And so I went up through my ceiling. I didn't know if I could, but I went through my ceiling into my little brother's room, which is directly above mine. My room is on the first floor, and I saw him watching YouTube on his phone. I remember he was watching Vine compilations, Mighty Duck, if I remember. And uh, I go out out of my roof into my yard, and it's nighttime at this point. It's like nine thirty ish, and I start going and I'm flying around, and for some reason, I had every answer to everything in life. I knew how life and death worked. I knew how reincarnation worked. I knew how um, telepathy and how all these, we could use all these different like superpowers and all this stuff and how you can levitate. I knew all the answers to all this stuff when I was outside my body. Um, As an F, just as a PSA, I haven't, I don't remember 99% of it. There was probably like one or two things that I cemented in my brain, and that was reincarnation and how life and death works um, and, and telepathy. Um, those were like the three things that I really cemented in my brain. And uh, like afterwards, after I had finished that experience, all the knowledge started fading slowly but steadily. Anyways, back to the story. I'm flying around my backyard. I'm going through trees, and I can like go and I can phase through rocks and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, this is awesome, like I'm free. So I'm zooming down my backyard and I go past my house to the back, all the way down back. And I saw these train tracks. And I never knew that, I had lived in this house for seven years, it was the house that my dad bought when my parents divorced, he moved to Boxford. And we lived there for seven years and I had no idea that that these train tracks were there, like no clue. I was like amazed, was, what the heck is this? And so I started flying along the the train tracks, like zooming and I bumped into something and this really messed me up. You know, my, I didn't know what, which way was up or down. I was all jumbled up. Like I was like, and so I was scared because if I I couldn't bump into trees and rocks, but I bumped into whatever this was. So it, it was very scary at first. And so I looked up and there was this green shining orb of light, like 15 feet away from me in the air. And I, I, you can't really talk when you're in your soul. The only thing you can use is telepathy. So, you know, I asked like, like, what is this? Like, I, or I think it heard me in my head. Somehow I reached out to it. It was either like, like, what are you? Or it heard me. I'm pretty sure it heard what I was saying inside my head. And I heard a voice, you know, answer me inside my head. His said his name was Biju, um, I've only been able to find one document of Biju um, on the internet of his existence. Um, but the thing that really messed me up was that entity, that being Biju, was in the Steven Greer documentary that I was watching. He talked about him at the very end and it was weird that I had goosebumps the whole time. Like it felt like I was being watched. So this was really weird. It was like, he was watching me. Do all this stuff and was like ready for me to wake up a little bit, and he told me like, like congratulations on waking up. This is you know a big moment. Like this is, and I'm not saying verbatim what he said because it's really hard to explain. He kind of talked like Yoda a little bit. If anybody knows what Yoda is, the the English was a little bit off. Um, I'm assuming it's not their first language wherever this entity is from, and it wasn't an, a green alien with you know big eyes and stuff like that. It was just an orb of light and that's what people need to understand is that aliens aren't like these green monster beings not all aliens are physical there are a lot of beings out there that are um ethereal like like the angels of our religions like these you see these bright orbs flying in and out and stuff like that those are beings those are our gods in my opinion these are the people that taught us how to um be the people we are and So he basically told me that, you know, you, you have a purpose and that's to help other people wake up now. Um, and that was a, that was tough for me because I, at first I was very selfish and I didn't want, you know, anybody else to really know about this stuff. Like, oh, I can like fly and like leave my body. Like, why would I want anybody else to know about this? And so that was, That was, but, and I told him, you know, I'm really scared. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on. Um, He said he's a, he was an entity that helps um, souls that wake up or, you know, awaken from the slumber that we are all in in our normal days. And um, told me that in the next five to 15 years, there's going to be a huge catastrophic event. And that doesn't mean like the world's going to end. It could just be like something really good happens. But there's going to be a huge event that changes the trajectory of Earth forever. And he said that. Every single one of us alive right now is extremely lucky to be alive right now, because this is like the golden era of our consciousness and our humanity. We are going to change in our lifetimes so drastically. You guys have no idea. And he told me to prepare everybody to be ready for that. So and then he shot, he kind of said, and that's all I have and kind of shot me back. And I felt this pulling at my chest and I ended up right back in my body and, you know, thought I was going crazy and I couldn't sleep that night. So the next morning, I thought, all right, the only way I can tell if this is real or not is, you know, if I go to the back of my, all the way to the back of my yard, like way, way back. We have a three and a half acre yard, so we have a lot of land in Boxford. it's pretty rural out there. And um, I walked back there, Me, brought my dog back there, we crossed a little creek or whatever, and there they were. The train tracks were there as far as my eye could see them, and it was a huge eye-opening, like wow, there is a whole nother world out there. And like all this stuff is true. And I have to apologize to my meme immediately for making fun of her and joking about her and calling her crazy and everything like that. So that was my first big astral projection experience. This happened about two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago, maybe one and a half. Um, some other stuff that I've had that I've experienced are I've seen a bunch of UFOs. If anybody wants to go on my Google classroom, um, I have a video of one that I got in my telescope. I put my throne, I put my phone in the lens of the telescope and I actually caught, I actually got it on my telescope. I sound like a nerd. I'm like screaming. I'm like, dad, get out here. It's, it's it's extremely funny, but to me it's extremely cool. Um, we also have another UFO that kind of comes to our, to our house in the same place flies around a little bit all night. Like we'll just see a bobble up and down and kind of we'll go outside and sit outside and just look at it. Sometimes it'll come close. Sometimes it'll go away. Um, so we call them our friends. Those are kind of our friends. Um, we got something that they're from the system Arcturus. It's a star system. It was just like when we don't know if that's true, but I just had that. It was like a word that came up in my head when I was looking at it. That's kind of how, they help us out a little bit. And lastly to that dream, um, I had a dream about six to eight months ago that I was, it was just a regular dream. I think I was playing basketball. I was like crossing dudes up. I was like, you know, hitting step backs, banging threes, going crazy. Crowd was like, oh, so that's like a great dream. Um, And then I got pulled out of the dream. Like something like pulled me from the back of my shirt and pulled me out of the dream. And I saw my dream like dissipate into like nothingness, blackness. Um, and then it was like, if you could think of like a, a role of film, it, that was like what came into my vision in the dream. And it was my entire life rewind, rewinding in front of my eyes. So I got to see every time I was a dick to somebody, every single time that I, um, you know, pooped every single time that I sweared at somebody, every single, like all that stuff. It was really emotional, very up and down. Um, and I had a similar experience to this. I had, but I won't really go into that one. That one happened more recently with my car crash. And that was a huge eye opener for me. And that was, um, it's very scary, but I'm not going to go into that. Cause that could get me into some trouble. Um, and yeah, so I had this dream and I saw my whole life flash before my eyes and, you know, rewind in front of my eyes all the way to the point, like where I was a baby, like all the way to the point where I like saw The first, the first light kind of thing. Like when I was being taken out of the, like out of my mom's womb or whatever. And, but the craziest thing was that it didn't really stop there. It kept going back. And I saw myself as a woman in ancient times. It looked like I had like makeup on. I was a, I was a ruler. I was a queen. Um, And I, it was Atlantis. So, and this is my hypothesis. And that's just what I have to say to all you people Me, I know that it is, that was my past life. And that's why I have such a connection to Egyptian ancient times and pyramids and spirituality and all this stuff and the gods. And I feel, you know, so connected to a lot of the ancient stuff. I've always had this feeling that I was born in the wrong generation. I'm not good with technology. I'm not good with any of that stuff. But so I saw myself, like I saw myself having sex. Like I saw myself putting people to death like all that stuff. I remember what it was like to go through a period to go to have a, to have your period every month and to give birth. First off, just want to say all the ladies out there, shout out, shout the fuck out. I, I, and nobody's going to understand this. That is a guy because I mean, some might be out there, but you guys, holy shit, major props. Like I, that was like the most excruciating worst thing that I have ever felt, even in this life. That life. Like that was awful. That was so bad. I'm I feel so sorry. You all women are so strong. You guys are so strong. Um Besides that, I was so essentially, and this is some and you guys can fact check me on this, because this is how I knew that this was real. I actually did some research afterwards. Um there were 12 nations or states of Atlantis. There were 12 factions. Um another thing is Atlantis, the Atlantis, the the lost city of Atlantis, um, is, um, the Azores in Portugal. The island of the Azores was Atlantis, um, and that makes sense because that's where my family is from, actually, my, on my dad's side. We are from the Azores, um, we're Portuguese, um, so it kinda all makes sense, and essentially I was a queen that was an asshole that sent people to their death and lied to them, Um, we would communicate with Poseidon, but back then he wasn't called Poseidon. That's just the name that we have for him today. And Poseidon was an alien, an extraterrestrial being, which is the only definition for an alien is some, an entity, not from earth. Okay. So not saying that he, he didn't look green. He actually looked very similar to us and he was a to a race of extraterrestrials called the Anunnaki. I know some people may have heard of them. The Anunnaki are the people that came to Earth um, in the ancient Egyptian times. They're actually the ones that helped us build the pyramids, and they are the ones that really made a huge change on Earth. They also were the beginning of the matriarchal-patriarchal split. We used to be matriarchal with women as rulers, um, and when they came, they changed that and made men the rulers. Um, And... Poseidon and so the thing about the Anunnaki was some of them wanted to use us as slaves to because when they came here um, they realized that they couldn't survive on our planet due to the rotation and the relation to the sun that the earth has for their bodies they couldn't survive on earth It it lowered their life expectancy the longer they stayed on earth so they tried to send drones down and do the work for them like the mining work they needed gold because their planet was dying and the only way that they could kind of help their planet was by injecting this gold kind of dust into the atmosphere their atmosphere had gold in it and that was one of the ways that they that it uh, reflected radiation from the sun Um, so they came here they did scans of the entire section of our galaxy kind of thing and saw that earth had huge deposits of gold and they came here and they essentially made drones to do it. They found that the drones weren't good enough. So they genetically manipulated us to mine the gold for them. Um, some of them wanted to enslave us, but other ones like Poseidon, we called him Fallon just for people to know, um, T-H-A-L-U-N. And we, he wanted to teach us what they knew. He wanted to teach us about knowledge from the stars and how to read the sky and what to do with it, and our job as the twelve heads of the families was to relay that information to the people. Um, the thing about Atlantis was that it became very corrupt eventually, and I was a part of that. Like I was a part of that corrupt era, um, and Poseidon actually kind of forbid me from going to some of the meetings after a while because I wouldn't. I wasn't really using the knowledge correctly, and I was being a bad person with it, and I was using it for bad. Um, and so essentially I got to see Atlantis fall. I got to see the sinking of Atlantis and the, the last thing that I remember seeing in that dream was, um, and I'm assuming this is how my life ended in that life was I was floating on a piece of wood and a bunch of my subordinates were, on land. And I was, you know, calling out to them like, Hey, help me, help me. And nobody helped me because I was an asshole. And that's what I deserved. So I ended up drowning. And that's how I died. I'm guessing in my past life. And so after that, I woke up, I woke up at 333am. Anybody who believes in all the angel number stuff that that's already weird, I woke up at 333am after the stream. And the very first and I went on YouTube, because I knew I couldn't sleep. The very first Video that came up was literally a video from one of my favorite guys, Matthias De Stefano, who also um, remembers what has happened in Atlantis and back then. And it was the first thing in my recommended. I watched it, and it was it corroborated every single thing that I had seen in, in my dream, and not like with my life, just with how how things were back then. You know, the t- it, he talked about the twelve um, nations, the twelve states. And so that was a huge, another like, hey, like, this is real. Like, what you went through wasn't fake. Um, and that was another big thing that shaped me. Uh, knowing that I was a woman in a past life, it was very weird at first. and But as a, eventually, I think it made sense. Because I think I've always been able to put myself in women's shoes. Um, not with periods until that dream. Not with periods and birth, because that was... Oh my gosh, I literally can't even explain. Um, but yeah, and so that was tough for me, for my mental side of things to deal with at first. And now, you know, I love it. I'm so happy that I got to see that um, and know a little bit more about who I am. I have a feeling that I've I've had a couple more lives. Um, and I also have a feeling that this is probably my last one here. And that's what I'm trying to make it. My goal right now is to get all this information out to everybody that I can get it out to. I don't really care what people think about me or the info. I just want to get it out there. And I mean, because I'm so confident in this stuff, like all this stuff's going to come out. I'm really not worried about being wrong or people looking at me as crazy because eventually oh, it's just going to be, everybody's going to, you know, understand what I'm talking about. It's all going to come out. I remember talking to a lot of people about this a couple of years ago at a friend's house and, you know, nobody was really interested. Nobody, in, there's, people are interested now, but still at the end of the day, nobody's really interested in this stuff. And that's what the people in power have tried to do. They've tried to make it so that, you know, there's so much other stuff that nobody really cares about what's actually going on. Um. So that was just a little bit of background history behind me guys i uh I've kind of been pushed towards this um path my whole life my My family has gone on this path a lot of family members um my dad is very supportive of me and you know helps me you know he we talk about this stuff all the time we debate we shoot ideas back and forth um and yeah so and with the Atlantis thing. If you guys want to hear more about um, the origins of humanity and how we came to be on this earth, I will do another podcast about that. But this one was just kind of explaining me and, you know, getting some stuff off my chest so people can kind of know the person that they're getting their information from a little bit on a personal level. Um, So yeah, if anybody that listened, especially if you listen, this has been the longest one, especially if you've listened this far, 45 minutes in. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. As I always say, nothing that I say here, you should just believe. Like, nothing that I say, you should go, oh, he said it, so it's true. Nothing. Like, you should always look up the things I say. You should always fact check me. And you should, the only person you should really believe is you. Um. So, again, not telling anybody to believe me. Not telling anybody to agree with me. I just want to get this stuff out for the people out there that you know, it will resonate with. So thank you everybody so much. This has been, this was good. I love getting this stuff off my chest. I enjoy talking about my life story. I feel like I should make a movie about it at some point. Um, If you guys want to see a movie about me, let me know. And I will work on that. Um, Other than that, like I said earlier in the podcast, I do apologize to everybody in the past that I have done wrong. I can't do anything about it. So we're going to have to move on from that. Um, please don't cancel me because I won't be able to, the, the cancel thing is stupid because nobody can change after you get canceled. It's not like you can change and, you know, clear your name. Um, so thank you everybody. Uh, you guys are the best. Anybody that listened this long in huge props. And as I always say, don't have to believe it. So thank you everybody very much. This will be uploaded. I think it'll probably be up on Monday. Um, And we had, we had originally tried to upload them on Sunday guys, but, um, the, the website that we are posting them through, it takes a little bit for them to get up onto Apple music and Spotify, Apple podcasts and Spotify and stuff like that. So that's why I think we're just going to do them on Mondays. We're going to try to upload them on Sundays on Mondays. They'll be out. I don't know when they come out. I just go check and post them when they're out. So you guys can just go check at any point, like maybe tonight it might be out, I'm filming this Sunday right now, it's 9.58pm, if it's out, it's out, if not, I'll post about it tomorrow when it's up, uh, oh, wait a minute, is today Saturday? Oh my gosh, today is Saturday, all right, so then this, (laughs) so then this is gonna be out tomorrow, Sunday, I don't know when, what time it's going to be out, but it'll be up. I'll post about it when it's up. Thank you, everybody, so much. And this has been Jacob Souza playing in the sandbox. Have a good night, everybody.